Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? Anybody thankful for Jesus? So I've been doing some uh, reflecting on, on the church and, and what I look at in scripture, what I see in scripture of what the church looks like and, and what I'm seeing today. And, and, and I get this picture in Acts chapter two. And it says that the disciples who were the followers of Jesus, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. They broke bread together. If we wanna make it a little bit more modern, we broke cookies together and uh, drank our coffee. And, and, but what I see in scripture is that this word devotion, um, and, and, I, and I like the way it puts that. They were devoted. They, they were desperate for more of God. They were desperate for transformation in their heart. They're desperate for, for hope, for peace. And, and if we're not careful, what I believe happens is uh, we'll get to church when we can. And, and when there's not other things in our life that they'll take the first seat and then when we show up, we show up to be entertained. We want something inspirational. And, and if I could be completely honest, I was actually dreading today. I told last service this and, and I didn't actually want to speak. And it's because I don't want to entertain. I'm not an entertainer. I wasn't funny enough to be a comedian. And I think I'd get bored of myself if I was an inspirational speaker. I'm not, here to, I'm not here to entertain you. And, and personally, I'm not going to inspire you, but my prayer today, and Lord, let it be true, is that for every person in here who's in the middle of a, of a rough season, for the ones in here who, who feel like you're not feeling fulfilled, you feel complacent, to the ones who seem like you're underrated, overlooked, underappreciated, the ones who feel like you're unloved, unwanted, undesired, you feel lost and hopeless, My prayer today is that I could reveal to you and God would reveal to you his word that would bring hope, that would bring peace, that would bring strength in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the rough parts of life. And so, Father, we come to you right now. God, not looking for entertainment. Forgive us for what we've made church to be. Father, I pray that this morning we would look to you. God, you are our source of hope. You're the author and the perfecter of our faith. And and, and right now we lay down every worry, all the chaos that surrounds our life. God, the stress about the bills, about the kids, about work, friends, family that we're worrying about. Father, we lay it down right now. God, and I pray that your peace would fall over this place. Holy Spirit, come and rest in this place. Rest upon us. And God, as Paul prays in Ephesians 1, I pray now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we can see you for who you are, that we can know you deeper, know more about your love. God, for the ones in here that are questioning if you're even real, if you exist, Father, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them in a way that is undeniable, in a way that can only be you. Father, we give it all to you this morning desperate for more of you. In Jesus' name, everybody said.
Amen. You guys can be seated. I'm going to hop right on into the scripture. So I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 16, and it's verse 16. And it says, once we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept us up for many days. And finally, Paul became so troubled. It's a nice way for saying he was, he was mad, he was annoyed, frustrated, that he turned around and he said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. And when the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas. They dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and they're throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. Verse 22 says, the crowd joined in on the attack against Paul and Silas. The magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell, fastened their feet into stocks. And, and, and stocks were these, it, they actually stuck out from the wall and they would, they would chain their feet so they couldn't actually move their feet. And so they were stuck in one place. They couldn't really lay down. They couldn't really sit down. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've had some rough days. Uh, to me, yesterday, it was, it, was, it was a rough day. I don't know. I was just not feeling it. Um, but then I reflected and, and no one took my clothes off and beat me. So it wasn't actually that bad after all. And uh, come on, you know what I'm saying? You got to find the positives. And, uh, and, and, and I see the picture here. And, and, and here they are. And, you know, they're doing the right thing. Paul and Silas, they're, they're doing the right thing. They're doing what God wants them to do. They're, they're on the backside of an incredible miracle. There was this lady. She was, she was demon-possessed. They came in. They prayed for her. She was set free. Like, God's doing miracles. God's using them. They're exactly where they need to be. And, and I feel like, at least for myself, I'm, I've been in this season where I know I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm in the right place. I'm in the right time, the right season with the wrong perspective. And, and I'm convinced that if we're not careful, some of us might be in the right place, in the right season, with the wrong perspective. And, and the danger of a wrong perspective is it turns into this, this black hole that we enter in. And we're right here in the middle of, of this black hole. We're right here in the middle of chaos. And, and it seems like it's just going to last forever. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Those seasons, they just feel like they're going to be forever. Like good seasons, we want them to last forever. The bad seasons, we feel like they go on forever. And, and I feel like if we're not careful, we'll stumble into these seasons. 
And, and, and it just looks like this middle of this chaos. It looks like we're surrounded by, by, the, by the problems of life, by the struggles of life. And, and here's what I'm recognizing. And, and I know you guys are aware of it. But life seems to just kind of throw these right hooks. And, and then it just keeps throwing these right hooks at you. And it's just like over and it's over. And, and you know, we just kind of learn to adapt. And so we, we know it's coming. So we throw up our block, that mortgage it comes the same time every month. We know it's coming. It's going to hit. We just throw up our block. We're ready for it. Um, the, the, the rent money's coming in. We throw up our, we're ready for it. Like, you know, groceries, I'm ready for it. I know I got to get gas. I'm ready for it. Um, the kids are, they, they're not sleeping at night. I'm ready for it. But then life has this funny, funny way of doing, uh, of just hitting you again. So we're used to the right hooks. But then it hits you with the left jab. We're not ready for the left jab. Like, I know how to block the right hook, but that left jab, I wasn't expecting it. And, and, and when the left jab hits, you know, it's, it's the hot water heater goes out. It's uh, your girl tells you she's pregnant. Come on, somebody. You say, drink a bottle of water, take the test again. And then you go from being in you, what you thought was just a boxing match and, and, and boxing match, and then the game changes, and now we're at like UFC, and he's actually got my sleep cycle in submission. I'm trying to tap out, but part of me thinks it's WWE, so I'm trying to tap in my partner, and I'm like, where you at? But like, we're both in submission, and uh, this is it's just life. It just hits you, and. And it just keeps on throwing these combos at you. And, and, and it's stuff that we're not used to. But, but if we're not careful, what I feel like will end up happening is we get to the end of these rough days, these rough seasons, these rough times. And, and we find ourselves at the end of a rough day binge watching Netflix that none of us pay for except for like three people in the room. Shout out to you guys. We're all using your code. Um, <laughs> But we find ourselves binge-watching the show Longmire on Netflix for hours at a time, allowing ourselves to be entertained by temptations to move to northern Wyoming, become the sheriff of a small town, <laughs> wear a cowboy hat and boots, and drive a Bronco. Come on, you know, everyday temptations. And... Uh, but if we're not careful, we'll, we'll just find ourselves trying to drown out the struggles of life. Are you with me? Come on, you know how life hits. Graduating seniors, listen, you, we'll, we'll tell you how life hits. Um, but if we're not careful, we find ourselves, and, and we get to this point where, where we get so exhausted, and, and it's hard to keep our eyes open, so we decide we're, we'll finally go to sleep, and so we stumble into bed. The next morning, we stumble out of bed. We stumble into our day, and the next thing we know, we're stumbling into the next week, and, and, and weeks go by, months go by, and we're just stumbling through life, and we find ourselves enduring life, not enjoying life. God's called you to enjoy life, not just endure life. And, and, and I know for me, it's, it's, I have this hard time because what we see in, in Acts chapter 16 is, is Paul and Silas, they've had a rough day. They were, they were stripped. They were beaten. They were whipped. Then they were thrown in the deepest part of the prison with, with, the, with the worst, the most dangerous criminals of that time. And, and they, can't even, they can't even sleep. You know those days that you can't even sleep. It's been a rough time, and, and it's just hard to sleep. And this is about midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns 
to God and the other prisoners were listening. And you ever get like annoyed sometimes about how spiritual the people in the Bible are? Like, how are they so good? Like, what are they, what are they drinking? And, uh, and here they are, it's midnight. Beaten, stripped, whipped, can't sleep. Their body's oozing. They're in pain. And then they begin to worship. And, and I know for me, what I would, I would consider them to be in this place right here in the middle of a black hole season. They just were thrown into jail and they weren't even given a sentence of how long they'll be there. So as, as far as they know, they'll be there as long as they know. And, and, and with, with every right to begin to blame God, God, I was doing what you called me to do. I was out preaching. I just set somebody free, and now I'm in prison. I just got beat. I'm broken. I'm bleeding. I can't sleep. I'm surrounded by these criminals. With every right to blame God, they begin to worship instead. And, and, and here's what I begin to realize in, in, in life. And I got to flip my page. I actually think it's this page. It's this one. Pops, can you see this? Barely? What do you see? A dot? What do you, what do you see? Dot? A dot? Everybody, can you see it in the back? It's kind of small. It's right here. I believe that this represents your current season. And we're like, no, 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 no. It's bigger than that. But the devil has this way of magnifying our circumstances. He has this way of magnifying every season, every struggle, every hurt, every pain, every hit, every jab, every hook. And, and if we're not careful, we get to a point where all we are is we're in the middle of the dot and all we can see is what we're surrounded by. I'm in a prison. There's these nasty rats crawling all over me. I'm bleeding. I can't sleep. And, and instead of looking at their, at their closest surroundings, what they do is they begin to zone out and they realize that though they may be in the middle of a black hole season, that their black hole is still surrounded by the glory and the power and the presence of God. Come on, just because you're in the middle of a black hole season, if we're not careful, our attention, our focus, and our perspective begins to be too focused on the small things and we miss just how great our God is. We miss just how beautiful and how powerful and how strong is our God. And, and this is scripture. It's Philippians chapter 4. And it, it, it's verse 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord. I'll say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayers and petitions, Make your requests known to God. And then, like that right there is like, that's good enough. We could stop there. But then it goes on. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. 
Because if you don't, we slip about thinking on the small things. Think about, think about what is pure. Think about what is lovely. Think about what is, think about the good things. Think about how great your God is. Because if you don't, then your mind will naturally gravitate towards this place of, of slipping into a dark season. And now here we are feeling unloved, unwanted, undesired. We feel like we're overlooked. And, and we, we, we put ourselves in this place where we begin to just struggle and, and stumble through life. We begin to endure through, endure life instead of enjoying life. And God's like, no, no, no. Think about, the, think about the greater things. Think about the things that are above. And, and Paul and Silas, they're in prison, and it, they have every right, they have every opportunity to think about what's currently surrounding them. And then they break out into spontaneous worship. I got a, I got a story about spontaneous worship. I said at the beginning, I'm not an entertainer, but I just got to tell you this one story. It's, it's, it's funny. So I was in ministry school. And I went to ministry school in Birmingham, Alabama, beautiful city, uh, except for I was at this apartment complex, and it was called Colony Woods, but we nicknamed it Colony Hoods. And uh, the first week that I'm there, it's like day two, I come out, and my roommate's Mustang is on blocks. They jacked his rims and his tires, and we're like, oh. So that's how they're gonna treat us at this apartment complex. Then two weeks later, we hear gunshots. And, uh, you know, I'm, I grew up in Pryor. Like, we don't, gunshots are hunting. So I never had this instinct to hit the deck when I heard gunshots until I went to Colony Hoods. And so I heard gunshots, and I instantly, I just started dropping after a certain point. And uh, it, it was so scary. Like, one night, I was on the phone. It was like 10 o'clock. I was walking and uh, just minding my own business, talking to mom, letting her know what's happening down there, catching her up on life. And, and I saw these two guys. They are just hanging out. Didn't think anything of it, so I walked by him and just, just kept on walking. And then out of my peripherals, I see one of the guys starts to walk behind me. And there's like this little mailbox off to the side. And I was like, he's probably just going to check his mail. And, uh, and so I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying anything. I'm not stressing it. And, and, and then I turn to go up this curve, and uh, he doesn't go to the mailbox. And so I'm like, Mom, there's a guy following me. And she's like, son, there's no one following you. I'm like, no, mom, I think this guy's following me. She's like, son, he's not following you. I was like, all right, fine. And I, and I see my car. It's about 30 yards up this hill. And I see it. I was like, I just got to get to my car. And, uh, and so I, I get up the hill. And I'm like, like looking over my shoulder. And, and I get up to my car. I'm posting up on it like this. And I'm looking. And I don't see the guy. Like, he just disappeared. I'm like, man, that's weird. That's some trippy stuff right now. And, uh, and, and, and I look off. And there's this tree about 15 yards from me. And I, I'm looking at it, and all I see is this. <laughs> the guy leans from behind the tree and just stares at me. And I was like, no, scratch that, Mom. The guy's definitely following me. And, and he starts walking up to me. And I was like, Mom, he's walking my way. He's, and so I'm like, I'm a cowboy at this time, so I got, my, I got my boots on. I've got my cowboy hat on. But I live in the hood, so I'm starting to adapt. So I got my switchblade with me. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, I'm like, Mom, he's walking my way. And she's like, son, you're just imagining things. I said, Mom, I'm going to have to stab a dude. I, I'll hang on. And she's like, what? 
You're not going to stab anybody. I was like, no, mom, I got to stab it, dude. And, and so this guy starts walking up. He gets from, I'm, I'm leaning up on my car, got my phone right here, my knife right here, blades out already. I'm ready for this guy. And uh, I just look over, and he's like, hey, man. I was like, what's up? What you doing? It's like, just on the phone. Oh, you on the phone? Yeah, it's right here. He goes, all right, have a good day. All right, cool, you too. And then he starts walking backwards, staring at me. Down this hill, does not break eye contact, and then he stops, he's like, are you the police? I didn't catch it the first time, I was like, what? He said, are you the police? I said, no man, I ain't the police. He's like, all right, then have a good night. And then back, like just stares at me until, I, until he's out of sight. And I'm like, I'm like, I can't show weakness. I'm going to stare him down too. So I'm just like, <laughs> wait, wait, I'm watching him. Colony Hoods anyways. So I was at Colony, Colony Hoods. This is my second semester of college. And in these first semesters, they were inviting us to this this hangout, it was supposed to be like, we're gonna roast some hot dogs, some marshmallows at this like community pool and fire pit inside the apartment complex. And uh, I was like, all right, I'll go. But these first semesters, the thing about first semesters is what I, what I realized, they're a little bit overly spiritual. And uh, I, it's like they got something to prove. And so I'm like, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, and so I'm like, you know what, it'll be great. I'll show up. So me and my roommate, we walk over to this, this fire pit area I have a couple hot dogs, I'm roasting my mallow, and then I hear it, the guitar strums, and I'm like, no, no, please no, and then I hear this, this girl, she's like, we're just going to change directions right now, I'm like, I'm on my first mallow, I was planning on having like three of these things. And, and, and she's like, we're just going to worship. And uh, if you don't want to worship, that's fine. You can leave. I'm like, what? <laughs> you invited me to a cookout. And now we're like spontaneously worshiping. And you're like, you're a pastor? You hate worship? Now, I, I love worship, but it was, the wrong, it was the wrong time. And so like I'm, I, I put my mallow straight in the fire. I'm like, we got to speed this process up. And get it done. I grab it. I army crawl behind this outdoor furniture. And I'm sitting there. The rest of these people are like doing some spontaneous worship. And I look over and behind this other couch is my roommate. He's like, what happened, man? I was like, I don't know. They broke out in worship. And, uh, and, and so my friend called me he's like hey man how's the party and I was like spontaneous worship broke out he's like oh man oh I ain't going I was like no come pick me up I'm like you gotta come pick me up so he drives I'm like roll down your window so he rolls down his window he's still driving I run and I dive through the car I'm like go 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 left my roommate sucker um, but there's a right time <laughs> and like I'd already had like four worship services at that point. I was just wanting to talk with some people, hang out. And, and what seems like an awful time to break out into spontaneous worship. And in kind of a random place, here's Paul and Silas. And it's midnight. They're in pain. It's, it's one of those things where you might not want to worship, 
but you're going to worship. And, and I believe you don't pray for passion, you practice it. You don't pray for gratefulness, you practice it. Sometimes you worship when it hurts. Sometimes you worship when you don't want to worship. Sometimes you, you just you sing in the middle of the storm. You keep on praying before the, the promise is, is there. You keep on standing when you don't see anything happening. You keep on standing on the word of God in the middle of the hard times, in the middle of the chaos. Because if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves sucked into the middle of it. Can I get Reuben to come back up wherever Reuben is? Man, that clock goes so fast. I'm telling you, we're already seven seconds over. I'm gonna close. I'm gonna start closing now, and uh, we got like at least twelve more minutes. Hang on. And and and, and I know for me, because I'm in the right place. I'm exactly where God needs me to be. But I find myself at times with the wrong perspective. And, and if we're in the wrong perspective, in the right place, it'll still feel like hell. And, and if we can just change our perspective and understand that the season, no matter how bad, how tiring, exhausting it may seem, it is nothing compared to the glory of the Lord. And God wants to do a work inside your heart. And if we could shift our eyes, shift our focus onto just how big and how great God is, he'll begin to change your circumstance. And, and so if we keep reading, it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and seeing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. But Paul and Silas didn't start out worshiping with an expectation of their, of their physical chains to break. That's not why they worshiped in the first place. They just, they worshiped because even though they feel like they're, they're, they're actually physically in prison, they were going to allow themselves to be emotionally and spiritually in prison. Does that make sense? There's more freedom in the presence of God. And in, in, in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of everything that's going on in life, if we could just take a moment and shift our eyes to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. What we'd be, we begin to see, as it says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, that the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We'd begin to find a true freedom in the presence of God, despite where we are. In the middle of a prison, the chains fall, and not one of the prisoners left. Not one prisoner left. It says that, that all of them stayed where they were. And they had the chance of, of freedom. The gates were open. The doors were open. The chains were off of them. There was nothing keeping them in that prison except for the presence of God. And what I believe is that the freedom that you experience in the presence of God is more powerful than the freedom that they could have experienced from that prison.
The freedom that God wants to give you today is more powerful than any freedom that you could ever experience. He wants to bring new hope, new peace. And, and sometimes you're not going to want to, you don't feel like it. I didn't feel like preaching, but I'm going to put my passion in its place. I'm going to practice it. I'm going to put my gratefulness in its place. Because God needed to use my voice to help somebody get free. God needs to use you. God wants to use you. He doesn't want to just do something for you. He wants to do something through you. The middle of your season is just temporary. Romans 8, 18, Paul also wrote that, as Brian said in the ministry moment. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But he writes this line in, in the scripture, and it says, I consider that our present sufferings aren't worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed within us. Our present sufferings, the, the present situation, the present struggle, whether it be your marriage, whether it be your finances, addictions, raising your kids, wanting your kids to know Jesus, whatever your present suffering may be, is not worth comparing. We could even say it's not even comparable to the glory that will be revealed within you. God's glory far surpasses anything that you could ever deal with, far surpasses any struggle, any obstacle. And if you would just look to Jesus, you would find a true hope. Can I pray for you? as it says in Nehemiah 8.10 that the joy of the Lord will be our strength. Father, in the middle of, these, of the seasons that these people are facing, God, hard-pressed on every side, we might feel the pressure of life, but we're not crushed. God, we may feel the weights of it, but we're still going. Father, I pray for, for strength to come over every heart. God, that we'd shift our eyes, we'd shift our focus onto you, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And Father, I pray for a renewed strength, renewed hope. God, I pray that your spirit would come over every one of us. And as it says in Acts 1-8, as the Holy Spirit comes over us, we will receive power. Father, I pray for fresh power, fresh hope, fresh joy, fresh life. God, that in the middle of every season, in the middle of the hard times, the good times, God, we can remember what Paul says in Philippians 4-13, that we can do all things through you who strengthen us. Father, I pray for new hope. God, I pray that the situations turn around. Father, I I pray for joy unspeakable. I pray for a peace that surpasses all understanding. God, in the situations that, that demand our worry, that demand our anxious, God, we will stand against it and we won't be anxious about anything. But Father, we will look to you, the one who brings joy and love and grace and goodness. Father, I pray that your goodness will overcome us, will overwhelm us. I pray for every, every struggling single mom in the room, Father, that's just struggling to continue on. Father, I pray that you would you'd move in their heart, you'd move in their life. Father, I pray that you would reveal to them your love. 
God, that you would reveal to them your goodness. Father, every person who's just struggling to make it. God, for the ones who, who are overcoming addictions, but Father, there's that temptation to go back. Father, I pray and I stand on the word of God and I declare that there is freedom in the name of Jesus and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Father, we will not be stuck in the circle. We will not be stuck in the struggle, but Father, we look to you in Jesus' name. God, today we choose joy. God, we thank you that you're still there for us. And it says in Galatians 6, Lord, we will not grow weary in doing good at the right time, the proper time. We will receive the reward for our faithfulness. Father, I pray that faithfulness rise up in every one of us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.